there, beautiful people. Welcome back to Fanti, the podcast for all those, com- oh wait, something's in my eyeball. For all those complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives, I am the one who's been holding it down in these streets for the last month. Your boy, your girl, your everything in between. Authoress times two, journalist, editor, social curator, world changer, and your absolute fave, Travel Anderson. And making his return, his long-awaited re- return to the Fanti Airwaves. You know him, you love him. It is the rested, battle-tested, and serving double-breasted <laughs> bitch, Jared Hill. <laughs> and don't you forget it. Welcome back to Fanti House. Um, I'm very excited to be oh, here. God. Travel has been just over the fucking moon. I love how you act like I've been gone for a month and you had to do a month of shows. Like we didn't pre-tape <laughs> shit. <laughs> Travel will have y'all believe that I just disappeared. Travel ain't heard from me since the last time we did this. Like, geez Louise. Um, welcome back to Fanti. We've got so much to talk about. We've got welcome back to you. Well, thank you. Um, I'm excited to be back with y'all. Coming up on the show today, we are getting into your listener letters as I've been away and y'all have had things to say. It is an edition of what was said. But first, want to catch y'all up on the things that have been going on. Um, Travel, <laughs> Travel came into the episode spicy. Came in hot. Me and Tri- me and Laura were sitting in this session did I, waiting for did I ever for them this to arrive. Like, this feels like anti-trans behavior. It, that would be this right. Feels like rewriting. That would be right. <laughs> yeah, no. This is this is the anti-trans. This is the tr- the trans hate machine podcast. <laughs> Shout out to the anti-trans machine. Um, Travel, you wanted to say something about me bring, being away. Go ahead on. What 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 was in your spirit? Well, no, I just wanted to acknowledge that you know. You were on creative hiatus. You know, people might believe that you were on vacation. I don't. I will say, if you've listened to the episodes, Jared, you know that I told you that you were on hiatus. I I did not say you were on vacation. Okay, I have heard that. I did say you were creative hiatusing, but throughout this entire month that you have been creative hiatusing, you know, I would just like the members to the listeners, the members to know, I still had to deal with your bullshit because. Every couple days or so, while Jared has been in creative hiatus, what that means for folks who don't know is that, like, Jared's still working, right? He's working on creative projects. He's, you know, redoing the home, replanting the pots. No, repotting the plants. (laughs) Now we're just making up (laughs) shit, but go ahead on. (laughs) But no, but you're doing other things, Right. right? You just aren't doing all of the things that you normally do. And so what that means as it relates to the Fanti audience is every couple of days or so, Jared will, during his hiatus, will text me. no idea where this is going. Go on. I'm just saying that you will text <laughs> me things that like, like conversations you think we should do on the show or new segments we should try out on the show. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there like, girl... What does hiatus mean to you, girl? Because I mean, it's listen, it's in my calendar with a question mark after it because I don't even know the answer to that question, right? Like, I so I should say that I have been on creative hiatus where I called it hiatus and I think creative hiatus got thrown in there because 
over the course of the first five and a half months of the year, I've taught my first semester of school, hosted half a season of, of Fanta Year, um, uh, written a book with Travel. Travel's been writing another book. I've been working on other development projects and uh, and some other things that are in, in the works. And so it has been a very busy first half of the year for me. And so when school was out and the book was turned in and there was a bit of a break here that I could take, I was very excited to take that time for myself because I'm just really, really, I've been really burnt out. And I think that the thing that came up for me immediately when we turned in the book, that we turned in the book on a Friday, from a process standpoint, the last two submissions, I think I turned in like this big document that I compiled. Travel turned in this document. And so it was like five o'clock and I had sent over to Travel all the things that were going in for me. And I got in the shower and I was like, be available, but I think I'm done here. And I got in the shower and I, I I thought I was going to like want to go sleep for the next three days. And I immediately just felt like energized. And I was like, oh, shit, I haven't just been tired. I've been like depressed from having like the weight of another project on me. And so that was kind of the first realization in the first minutes of being on, you know, quote unquote hiatus. So I've still been working, helping with things within ABJLA. Travel and I have still been in communication about some of the other projects that I've been on. I'm here in New York right now because I was hosting uh, the Vision Awards here for Stonewall Community Foundation. You all know Jarrett Lucas, who's been on the show a number of times. I'm actually at their home right now. And so I've been working quite a bit. I've had a few things off of my plate to be able to breathe a little bit more. So that's been something I'm really, really grateful for. Breathe again. Breathe again. Listen, anytime for a Tony Braxton reference, I will take. <laughs> um, but it's just been it's been great for me to have one thing off of my plate. I know it sounds cliche or or whatever, but like I also think it's really dope when we get to have other voices on the show to be able to have conversations that I don't have to be a part of or that Travel doesn't have to be a part of that we can bring in another lens on the show. And so I, I really enjoyed getting to hear Dr. John Paul talking about their new podcast and the way that that is developing. I really enjoyed the conversation with you and Bianca. I actually felt like I learned some things about you in that conversation. And I was like, mm, yeah, that track. She right. <laughs> you know, it's always interesting to, to listen to other voices on the show to be able to bring a lens that I don't or that you don't. So I really, really enjoyed that as well. Also, just like, as I said, I'm really grateful to be able to take this time, but also recognize the privilege of being able to do that. And so I'm really hoping that everyone that is listening is thinking about how they can take time for themselves. If you can't take off a couple of, you know, episodes from a show that you're hosting, maybe it's taking a day off or a weekend or taking, you know, an evening or giving yourself an hour or, you know, taking a breather, whatever it is. I hope that everyone's thinking about the ways that they can do that. Cause I know for myself, it's been really critical for me to take time and to be able to regroup. Cause I feel like I come back better each time. Did you get any messages from some of the members out there? Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't get any messages about Vision last <laughs> week. <laughs> yes, actually, I wanted to, I have written down here um, that I did get messages from folks uh, that were listening to the pod. And so shout out to my co-hostess with the leastest for... <laughs> For, for, uh, for the love and support, um, Vision was a fantastic day. 
um, here in New York City at the Ziegfeld Ballroom. If y'all haven't seen the photos, um, I posted them on Instagram. But yes, I did get the you love. You looking sharp, friend. You looking Thank sharp. Thank you. Thank you. The folks over at Ralph Lauren, you know, dressed me for the event. We got two looks for one for a backup and the other one we haven't used yet. So that's great. But like, big purr. listen, the folks at Ralph Lauren had me looking great. And um, yeah, if you haven't seen the photos, they're all on Instagram. So you had on what I believe we are now calling Barack Obama tote. You know, the first thing that my friend Michael Brewer said to me, he was like, uh, okay, Obama. I was like, mm, it is a scandal, right? And so, like, the one Obama scandal that we had definitely uh, was a great reference. So, yes, it was definitely an Obama tope, that, which is why I, the post is called The Audacity of Tope. I'm um, talking about uh, about the outfit. But it was, it was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, I'm just happy to be back. I'm happy to be back in the thick of things. I know you and I, we have a meeting coming up later this week to kind of touch base on all the projects that we have going on. And I'm like, oh, bitch, that's going to be like a five-hour epic. We're going to have to order no, food. No, the hell it won't. <laughs> like, it's good. It's a lot. But we also got to speak at Max FunCon that first, was it the first weekend that I was on hiatus? The second weekend, the weekend of June 2nd. That sounds about saying. right. We spoke at Max Fun Con out in Lake Arrowhead, which was a lot of fun to meet so many of the Max Fun um, community that listened to all the shows. And we did a speech or a talk or whatever we did, um, a TED Talk-ish thing, talking about working together, calling it Make It Work With Friends, making it work with friends. And that was pretty cool. So yes, we did. We, 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 did, a, we did a lot. All right, let's get into today's episode. We're going to take a quick break, you all. And when we come back... We're going to get into your letters. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I can tell you that burnout has been one of the main reasons that I started recognizing that I needed to take breaks. And if you haven't heard, I've been taking time off for myself. <laughs> Shut up, Travel. <laughs> Life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, had it, irritability, mm-hmm, fatigue, I was knocked out, and so many other things. BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It can be much more affordable than in-person therapy as well, and you can be matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. I always say that finding a therapist within 48 hours is remarkable by itself, right? Not even thinking about all of the cool technology of BetterHelp, but just being able to connect with someone that quickly. I know people who have gone to their healthcare providers and looked for a therapist for weeks and months to not find someone or to find one person and then not like them or whatever it is. So BetterHelp is a fantastic option for you. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash fanti. That's betterhelp.com slash fanti. Welcome back, beautiful people. This is our quarterly, I think we've been doing them, mm -hmm. listener feedback episodes where we read out your different letters about various topics that we've had over the last week. And I'm going to jump right on in. We have... Well, over the last quarter. Well, yeah. What did I say? Over the last week. Well, y'all know what the fuck I mean. Um, wow. Love you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our first letter today comes from, well, I'm going to save their name until the end of the letter, but it's in response to our two-parter episode that we did, Slut Me Out With Affection, featuring... First of all, can I stop you? <laughs> because 
that title. That was the last episode that I did before going away for break, I yes. think. And we had joked about calling it Slut Me Out with Affection, but I didn't realize that we had actually decided that was the name of the title. <laughs> so that when I saw the alert come up, I was dying. It was hilarious. To Shout me. out ahead. to Laura Swisher. So Slut Me Out with Affection, it featured, um, we had sex educator Jiminika Eborn on. And the writer says, Dear Fanti Loves, just wanted to drop an email and say how much I needed and appreciated the recent episodes with Jiminika and that you made a point of including discussions of asexuality and quote unquote virginity later in life. I'm in the second category and figuring out if I fit on the ace spectrum and or want to have my own whole phase to explore things and figure out what is for me in this phase of life. I shouldn't have expected anything less, but thank you for being instantly affirming and validating of those of us who feel alien for not having sex with other people. It's something I felt very weird and alone in, even though I'm comfortable talking about all the things of the things otherwise. Love to everyone working on Fanti and my deep appreciation for the direction your pod has taken. It's been very meaningful listening for me lately. Signed, Solo ho over there (laughs) i love that i have to say one of the most consistent things that i think and you can correct me if i'm wrong whenever we've done shows where we had some any kinds of talks about sex sexuality or amory in the different ways that that shows up monogamy polyamory i feel like we always have like an outsized group of folks that are writing in saying that they identify as ace and i know that we over index on non-binary folks and i can guess some reasons why that might be i wonder why the ace piece of it has been interesting and so it made me think like i feel like maybe we need to to have someone on that is ace to talk about that experience because i don't identify as ace and i don't believe you do or, or well, not that i've ever been aware of you know what what I what mean, is maybe sexuality you, you know what oh what, okay what is, <laughs> well i have what is i have sex? said on the show before that i have friends who used to think and some still think that i might be on the ace spectrum i have personally just decided not to put a name on anything and just move through the world but You're right. The asexual folks, shout out to y'all because y'all always writing in and making your presence known. And I love that. I do too. Thank you for this letter. I do know it was very important for us to, well, one, we had people, asexual people who wrote in questions, right, for that episode. So that Mm -hmm. helped. And then particularly on the virginity side of the conversation, One of our friends, someone that we know, Mm -hmm. is an older, quote-unquote, virgin. And so we wanted to, you know, incorporate that as as well. And hell, I might as well be a virgin again, a born-again one. Okay. Now, I did see the tweets where the girls were like, we gagged when you said that (laughs) bullshit. And I did, too. Um, But, I mean, and this would be something interesting for us to talk about on the show and maybe have someone on to discuss it. But I do think that we could... I I don't think of you as being on the A spectrum because like you, I've heard you talk about sexual desire and attraction and having libido. And if my, if I'm not mistaken, it's about not really feeling that, that desire as much and like having lesser or even no sex drive when it comes to wanting to interact with others. So I don't think of you as ace, but I mean, I'm guessing you know you a little bit better than I well, do. Well, you know, love, I have lived a long life, darling, and... Uh, Bitch, you are 17 years old. <laughs> Chill out, okay? Bitch, get out of here. Okay, let's get into this next letter from Ooh. Jeff. 
uh, about uh, the episode Shine Bright featuring Danielle Smith. It says, hey, Fanti team, I just want to say how much I really, really enjoyed today's episode and to give you big, big kudos on trying out a different format. The conversation with Danielle was so enlightening and your choice to leave it unedited made it so much more powerful. We'll come back to that. Like, I know Danielle is thoughtful. I know that what she's going to say is powerful. And to leave in two, three, six-second pauses before she responds to a question because she's really considering it, whoo! There have been a few episodes in the past couple of months that have gone longer, and I wanted you to know how much I appreciate it when you let that happen and really let the conversations breathe. I've never listened to a Fanti episode and wished it were shorter. I've definitely wished for some of the conversations to go longer. Fanti fam, since day one, y'all are the best. And is there a cooler nickname than Swish? I don't think so. Air horns. <laughs> yes. So that Did- I will take all credit for that episode. <laughs> Well, I I thought that what was interesting was I remember listening back to the Daniel Smith episode and that first time the pause hits, I was like, oh, what happened? Yeah, same, same. And then the second time I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. And then I was, I I didn't like it at first. And then I was really happy that they left them in because it was one of my favorite things in the interview Mm -hmm. is is here is watching her like take a moment to like think about what she wants to say and i feel like that's such a rare thing Mm -hmm. nowadays Mm -hmm. um especially in a culture that is like very fast and we want things now and i feel like the last person i remember who actively did that all the time in their interviews was barack obama and it became a joke like child he gonna take forever to get this answer out and then he gonna talk forever to give it to you (laughs) right and so but I loved it because it said to me that Danielle was really processing the question or thinking about what she wanted to offer before just throwing it out there and so then I was really grateful that they left those pauses in there because it was such a part that I remembered in the conversation yeah that's that's a shout out to our editor Will Hagel to Laura you know the team behind you know actually putting it together it also was the first pause i was like i was checking my phone like did it right did it it stop but it was it has now become my favorite episode not just because Mm. this is a danielle smith stan account but also because those choices in the editing to me just like it it elevated and took took it to a different place. I was listening to it with Bianca. Bianca and I were actually together in person when we were listening to that episode. And it was just, it put me back into that interview in like the exactly. best of ways. Yeah. And, and so like, I, I really, 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 really liked that that decision. I can also say to the point of the note in here that says that it was posted without editing. That is an editing choice, right? right? Like it is <laughs> yes. an editing decision. Um, it's not being posted without editing. Cause like we, we still got commercials. We got other things that are all a part of this as well. So it's, it's a production nonetheless. But I will also indicate here, like, that interview for me was something that kind of changed something for me as well. Because I had not had as much time as I would have liked to be able to read her entire book beforehand. And I ended up coming away from that frustrated with myself because I was like, I have too many things on my plate. And... I wish that I had had more time to like 
read all of the book before interviewing her because just the little bits that I did read, I had a hundred questions about. And so um, it made me think like, okay, I am doing too many things at one time. I need to figure out how I need to make adjustments um, going forward. So that interview is something that I'm always going to remember because of the pauses and because of how brilliant Danielle is, but also because of how I felt coming into it and going out of it um, as we were getting ready to go on hiatus. So I also love this point before I move on to the next letter. I also love this point about like the person says that they have never like wanted an episode to be shorter like they've always wanted it to be longer because like we we go back and forth about that about you know the structure of the show how long it should be are we going are we going long are we too short like all of those types of things and I do think that as as the show has gone on you and I at least and Laura and the team recognize can I just cut you cut in here? Cause cause there's a thing happening that none of y'all can see. Swish is messaging us. She's like, no, don't say anything. Travel and I are always wanting the episodes to be longer, but like we have like a structure here at a network, right? And so like we don't want to have episodes that are two hours long. We also don't want to bring we don't want people to like introduce themselves to the show with long ass episodes that don't feel digestible. But also sometimes we're like, but also we want to go longer, so it's hard. But thing. also, right, like two hours can be like a big commitment for. Even like even for the audience, right? Like there are some podcast listeners, right, who will put on a podcast while they clean in the house and they consume it, right, in a a passing type of way. And then there are other people, right, who sit down, you've only got an hour or you've only got 30 minutes or whatever, right? And and you hyper focus on what it is that you're you're intaking. And so there are people for whom those style of podcasts are better. And I feel like for us, right, we want to have as wide, at least I'll speak for myself, I want to have as, as wide of an impact and a reach as possible. So I do think that that, you know, hour-ish time limit, I know for me as a listener, that's usually the point that I'm cutting something off. If I hit an hour, baby, listen. So I'm completely the opposite. You and I, one of the podcasts that you and I listen to similarly is The Read, and they're obviously on a, a bit of a hiatus themselves right now. And I I love when the episode is two and a half hours long, right? Because I can put it on and have it on in the background. And like, I have been listening to The Read since it began. I started my first podcast right around the same time as The Read. And so it's been something that's been in my life now for a decade, essentially, since I moved to L.A., and so I love hearing their voices, even if I disagree with them, if I think what they're talking about is some whack shit or whatever. Like, I enjoy ha- being able to turn it on and like, oh, well, I haven't finished it yet and I'll, I'll pick it up later. And so, you know, it's a challenging thing to figure out with the dynamics of a, of a show and trying to, yeah. to make it work. But I do appreciate the note. All right. Our next letter comes from one of the Fanti fam, one of our favorites. I don't know if we should say we have favorites of the Fanti fam, but guess what? We do. And this letter comes from Dr. Diet. How you doing, girl? And this is actually in response to, I I didn't write the actual episode title because I couldn't remember, but this was from the comments that you had, Jared, around Do Not Disturb. In, in the phone. So Dr. Dayette says, Hi, Travel and Jarrett. Jarrett, what you brought up at the top of the most recent episode made me think of the tension, colon, 
What does it mean for other people to respect your boundaries versus what it means to respect your own boundaries, i.e. what Travel alluded to when I said that I just don't look at my phone. Dr. Diet says, I have been thinking about this topic a lot of the last two weeks, especially because I noticed my irritation level with getting contacted despite what I felt I clearly communicated is maybe like 5% to do with other people and 95% to do with me. The 5%, and I'm glad it's small, typically start to have the expectation that I'm going to respond quickly if that's what I do. I have maybe like one, <laughs> I have maybe like one friend in that 5% who, unless I explicitly state, if I haven't gotten back to you, it doesn't mean I'm mad. It means I have a life, quote unquote. They won't get it. Last week, I said to that same friend, I noticed I've been on my phone way too much again and my irritation level is rising, not because of you, but because I just need to go back to the boundaries I set for being on my phone. And that is exactly what I did and I felt markedly better. I don't want to rule out that it is also true that there is an assessment to be made of people who blow up your boundaries regardless of what you say or do. But I think when it comes to phones, just like in life, we collect people around us who are used to us setting up our boundaries in a certain way. And when we start to move our boundaries around, they react accordingly. This is often true if they were used to us being one way in the past or wishy-washy in our behavior. I want to be clear. I don't say this in a victim-blaming way because there are totally some people whose MO it is to ignore your needs, but most of the time it's just an indication we've invited the wrong people into our orbit and or need to hold firm to what we set up. So I challenge my clients, again, she doctor, she a doctor now, okay? She's a, she's a, yes. she's a, a, th a therapist. So I challenge my clients and myself to show up in the way that is most consistent with our values in the first place and hold fast so we don't have this problem with people. You will feel better when you either put your phone down or choose to not feel compelled to respond. If someone is mad about that, the wrong people will cut themselves out of your life most of the time if you take care of business up front. I like this point. The wrong people will cut themselves out of your life. You Boom. see how she did that? I see you, Dr. Listen. Go ahead, Jared. <laughs> no, I I mean, I'm fully in agreement. I I think the the question is how much is 5%? Sometimes it might be 6, 7, 10%. Maybe it might be 1 or 2%. But I fully agree. I, I found that I really don't have a whole lot of people who've like pushed back. I can't really think of someone who's pushed back on me being like, I need to take some time for myself. And I've been really, again, grateful to have the right folks around me that can can do that. I did text you the other day like, oh, so-and-so, a friend of mine, is a notify anywhere. And I didn't expect that from them. Um, <laughs> and it was interesting because the notify anywhere that I was talking about on that episode uh, about Do Not Disturb was someone that I had just met. Right. Like we had, were talking for a few days and he was doing that all the time. And I was like, that's really bold for someone that you just met. But then if it's a person that I know, it's still a bold choice. <laughs> but I thought this is interesting because it wasn't irking me in the same way, because in the moment I wasn't like super busy, but my DND was still on. The thing that's become interesting to me about Do Not Disturb as a as a boundary is the fact that you can turn it on and it like pops up in the window for people. And if you turn it on in the midst of a conversation, mm. then people are like, oh, you turned on Do Not Disturb while mm -hmm. we were talking. And it's like, sweetie, that ain't about you. Or it was, mm -hmm. no tea. Right. But like, 
sometimes it's too many text messages coming in at one time or a, a group chat or whatever. And it's like, sweetie, I'll get back to this when you can. But like that happened to me today. I was messaging with someone and I got a text message from somebody else. And then another thing happened. And I was like, let me turn on Do Not Disturb. And then they started cracking up saying like, oh my God, you turned on Do Not Disturb. But Do Not Disturb has been really, really helpful for me with boundaries, with being able to relax. I don't think people think about how many notifications we get from our phones throughout the day. And the thing that has made me think about that again most recently was The Social Dilemma on Netflix, a really fantastic documentary. And they talk about how our phones and all of these apps and all of these things are designed to get your attention, right? And that the point is to get you to pick up your phone to open the app, to get you to pick up the phone to engage whatever the thing is. And it it occurred to me that... There are too many apps and organizations and companies and whatevers that get my attention without even really having a whole bunch of my consent, other than the fact that I said that they can give me notifications. And so the Do Not Disturb has been a great way to be able to say, when I want to look at all these notifications, I will. And when I don't, I won't. Lastly, I'll say, I've heard from y'all that I meet in, in the world, like, oh, the Do Not Disturb conversation is something that I started doing that more after you all talked about it on the show. And I've also had people talk to me, reflecting back to me how in my email at the bottom, it says something to the effect of, I strive to not answer emails before 9.30 or after 7.30 p.m. And strive is an operative word there. And so like, these are all ways that I'm trying to build in some boundaries so I can set better expectations for folks that like, I'm trying to make sure that I have time for myself and that I have time for my work, especially for folks like you and I, where our lives and our work are so intermingled with each other, being a personality or, you know, offering opinions and sharing our our perspectives in our lives. That's just been an interesting dynamic to try and figure out. That episode, if you all want to check out that conversation, the name of the episode is Social Media is Work 2, featuring Jonte Harris and Denver Sean. That was the, the Fanti conversation that we had and the text message, Do Not Disturb, part is the 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 top of that particular show next up we actually have a recommendation here i couldn't remember if i've if i actually played this recommendation on the show already or not so i pulled it again this is from kim and it was in response to us talking i believe about lil nas x in a episode a number of weeks ago and kim says i recently found your podcast via the maximum fun network and ordered my fan tie patch shout out to you um and i'm making my way through your backlog there hasn't been one specific episode that made me want to write in i honestly just wanted to share this cool cover of Jolene. Yes, Dolly Parton's Jolene by Lil Nas X. So I wanted to play this clip from the performance as a recommendation for y'all to check out. Take a listen. You could have your choice of me, but I can never love again. He's the only one for me, Jolene. I had to have this talk with you. My happiness depends on you, whatever you decide to do. You know what I appreciate about this is it <laughs> the joke I want to make here is I appreciate the versatility of this bottom, but I'm not going to make that joke. 
Um, wow. I, wow. I, I, you already made it. I didn't okay. make it. I just want to say that was what I was going to do. I, I appreciate that <laughs> Lil Nas X is like really proud of being a bottom and like out here and being about it because that's a whole other political thing. But I listen, bottom lives matter. Listen, okay, they do. They do. And I think it's interesting. I don't know nothing about the life, to be clear, but their lives do matter. You know what? I'm not doing, you know, I'm not even touching that. Um, what I appreciate, though, is that it shows the versatility of, of Lil Nas X as an artist because he can slip into that country thing, like, the way that anybody, like, a, a real singer slips into singing, right? And I just appreciate the way that Lil Nas X can show us something different that we wouldn't be expecting from him. So, and that whole performance, it's from his performance uh, for BBC Radio on B- BBC Radio 1. All of the performances from that day are really dope. The look is really dope. I, if you haven't seen it, um, check out Lil Nas X on BBC Radio 1 Vivo over on YouTube because it's really dope. Yes, 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 yes. Shout out to Lil Nas X. He, he's been teasing some new music. Honey, okay. Are you ready? And Is your body ready? <laughs> oh, I've been ready, but you know, it's Beyonce's summer, so he Listen, might want to hold on to we'll it. We'll talk about that. We'll get there. We'll talk about that. Yes, Michelle. <laughs> um, okay, it's time to get into the next letter. This one is about tipping. It comes from Franklin. It says, my name is Franklin, and this is my first time writing in. Shout out to you, Franklin. I love the podcast, and I adore both hosts equally, which means, obviously, I'm the favorite. I really enjoyed the episode wow. about tipping culture <laughs> and how out of control it is. What's crazy is the following day after I listened to Jared talk about how gratuity is added to single bills, I went out to a bar slash restaurant with a number of friends where we placed single orders and gratuity was automatically added to every bill. When discussing how much to tip, I pointed out that the gratuity was already included and they were shocked. It was in Washington, D.C. for reference. I would be heated about this. Just editorializing here for a moment. I do not like this. I do not like this. Yeah, I just want to say a question that you did not say, Mr. Franklin, was how many people were in your group? A fair point. A fair point. Yeah, that's true. But keep going, keep going. The letter goes on to say, again, I enjoyed the conversation, but I was waiting for both of you to discuss the origins of tipping culture and why it's so unique and specific to the U.S. Tipping is a product of the Jim Crow South. Like so much of everything in this country, big side. During Reconstruction, Black people worked service jobs at trains and restaurants where white businesses were allowed to not pay them, so they earned their income solely from tips. While this was later outlawed and the practice has stuck around in our country, um, it has since grown out of control. There's a fuller history worth researching, but because tipping in this country has origins in racism, it's the main reason why I hate the practice altogether. Plus, it's another example of how business costs are shifted to the customers and consumers. While yes, I believe servers should be tipped because not tipping them systematically only hurts the server. I, for one, believe if you can't afford to pay all of your employees a livable wage without tips, you can't afford to run a business and why should you have the right? As a kid, I remember the standard rate for tipping being 10%. I remember when it started moving to 12, then to 15, and now 18. Am I the only one who remembers that? Again, I love the show. Travel thoughts, feels. So you weren't, the, Franklin wasn't the only one to, to reach out, send us a, a link to an article or whatever the case may be about the origins of 
tipping. And I think we intended to mention it. I feel like we talked about it in our pre-pro, but we just like, you know, in the course of conversation, it didn't come out. So that is actually one of the, sometimes we finish a show and I'm like, fuck, how do we not talk about X thing? And Nicole Hannah-Jones had actually done a really interesting thread online talking about like the origins of tipping. Nicole Hannah-Jones, y'all know, is the creator of the 1619 Project that really pissed off a lot of white people around this country and sparked off a lot of conversations around critical race theory. And I was like, that was the most important thing that I really wanted to make sure that we talked about and we didn't talk about it. So when we got the feedback from folks, I was like, I expected people to say this. So um, I'm 100% with you there, Franklin. The the roots in slavery are like some of the most important part of this, but we kind of got on tangents. And again, we only have so much time and we have to wrap up. So I appreciate that one. We also have a tipping letter from Gary. Yes, we do. Mr. Hill and Mix Anderson, I always like when I feel like I can get the chance to contribute as a white, straight, cis, middle-aged man. It doesn't happen very often. You're lucky I'm reading this letter, Gary, but it is it is useful for our conversation. <laughs> As a Lyft driver with over 4,300 rides in two markets, LA and Atlanta, I've been able to get an idea about tipping, at least from the rideshare perspective. As far as I can tell, people don't have much of a problem not tipping me. I'd say only about 10 to 15% of riders tip me. By and large, I take people to their low-paying job in retail or at a warehouse, so tipping isn't necessarily in their budget. But there have been many occasions that I've driven someone 30-plus miles to the airport at 5 a.m. and gotten nothing. Before you get mad at someone who is asking for a tip, try getting mad at the people who created this situation in the first place. It's obscene that business owners are allowed to say, quote, I can't pay my people. You do it. Keep doing all you do. I wanted to pull this because so much of our conversation that we had was about like being in like hospitality, like Mm -hmm. a waiter server type thing. And I didn't think about like other folks who who might be in need of or like greatly benefit from from tips. So that's why I wanted to pull this. Not because he was a white man and he felt like he could contribute. <laughs> I'm not touching I'm sorry, that. Gary. I had to, Gary. I'm not even going to like touch that with a 10-foot pole today. I just don't have it in my spirit. But we appreciate you, Gary. 10-foot pole? How you doing? I, uh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> not doing that. Um, I will say that uh, the the tipping of rideshare drivers has been interesting because the way, if I'm not mistaken, the way Lyft used to work was it would automatically make you go through tipping and rating before you could do the next ride. And I'm not, I don't can't remember if it still does that or not. It does, but you can you can hit an X in the corner to get right. out of it. But it does bring the option up. But Lyft does that in a way that Uber doesn't, right? And so. Mm. Uber now it pops up in a different way than it used to and it was like easier to forget about it and I think that when you have especially if there's been like a a long amount of time between when you finish one ride and when you call for another if it's been you know half a day or days or weeks or even whatever till you use the app again it's like I don't even remember who the fuck this was now you want me to tip this person and so it kind of feels like it's a it's a long time to be able to to remember that and so I felt like Lyft was better about that than Uber and I mean, you know, it is what it is. I tip everybody, but it's because I I, I can afford to tip everybody, right? Like it, it I feel like I feel like she because said she I can, can afford, afford it. Ow. Not like that. No, I mean I'm like that. Saying, like <laughs> Y'all Travel Travel 
Travel be working. I do be working. But I don't mean it like that. I mean, like, I understand the fact that, like, like what, what Gary says, right? You know, a lot of the people that he's been taking, they're going to their, you know, low-income job or at a warehouse or whatever the case may be. Perhaps it's not in, in their budget. And so for me, I try to tip considering that. You know, mm -hmm. like, yeah, my trip was, you know, 10 minutes down the road, but, you know, 20%, you know, because I, I know a lot of other people just, like, don't have that extra money. But I do find it interesting that people don't tip their Lyft drivers, but I guess I also get it. Like, I mean, like, you, you, the, the, the tip is, is extra, right? And, like, if, if, <laughs> if the car is dirty, if if you put on hip hop music when I got in the car, listen, don't listen, white people, yeah. stop doing that. Like, can we just stop here for a moment? White people who drive ride shares, stop doing that shit because we can it's, hear it. But it's also not white we people. Can it's not just white people. Yeah, but it's some white shit, right? It's rooted in well, anti-blackness. No tea. Right. Points are being like made. there have been plenty of instances where I've heard the music change as I got in the car. Also, though, if you're listening to a book on tape, <laughs> I was a little bit challenged and I was like, you know what? I'm in this person's car. Let me just put on some headphones and listen to whatever music I want to listen to. <laughs> but I did think that listening to a book on tape while driving was an interesting choice. Let's take one more letter here. Um, this fat phobic. We got to do two more because I have a I have a surprise for you. Uh -oh. So we have to do two. OK. The first one. It's another one about tipping. I just wanted to share this resource that someone had sent us about that history that Franklin had mentioned. Okay. And it is an episode of the NPR podcast Throughline entitled The Land of the Free. Okay. We got this recommendation from Malika. I hope I said your name right, love. But she says that this episode of that podcast like dives deep into that history. And so if you're interested, if you heard that bit of information from Franklin and you were like, what? I know you lying. Then we're going to link out to this um, NPR podcast in our show notes so that you can check it out. And then our last letter, it comes from someone who... I don't really know your name because you did one of those AOL screen names uh, to sign your letter. Supercharge, super change. Wait, I'm, I'm unsure. Wait, what was your your screen name back in the day? My screen name back in the day was. I'm nervous. <laughs> it was. It's, it's not bad. Oh, okay. It was Smart Mind of '09. Okay, not what I was expecting. She she was a she was a bookish girl. Okay, okay? she okay. she she called herself intellectual back in the day. What was yours? Mine was the Jarrett Hill Show with no vowels, which is of, interesting of now that, because that, I I my company is filled with no vowels. So I'm I, as I think back, I'm like, oh wow, he's been doing that for a minute. No yeah, repeated letters, yeah. no vowels. Anyway, this letter uh, I wanted to read it out as a great welcome for you, Jarrett, back to the show. Wow, I just felt my anxiety um, so go up through the roof because this feels like a stunt. Supercharge, you'll be all right. Supercharge <laughs> is also apparently from Chucktown, which for those who don't know is Charleston, South Carolina. So shout out to you. Oh. So they say, hi, beautiful people. Although I love both of you equally, can we just have an episode of Jarrett doing his Dipsy ads? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
I don't know what is more hilarious, the way he reads them, what words he emphasizes, or the fact that he can only get halfway through, maybe, before he starts cracking up. Or Travel's two cents about the whole thing that is thrown in. Can you tell I'm trying to keep the compliments balanced? My birthday is next week, and I will be 54. I can't think of anything. Well, maybe I could, but not at the moment. Then listening to an hour of Dipsy ads read by the seductive, humor-infused voice of jared i think that's hilarious i don't know why i saw this again recently but i remember getting a a, a text message from one of the people who was a kid in my camp when i was a camp counselor who was like have you ever right yeah like Mm -hmm. have you ever been watching television with your parents and a sex scene came on (laughs) and you felt uncomfortable that's how it feels when you do dipsy ads (laughs) um and so every time i do it now i think of of that person i don't want to say their name but like i think of them and like how uncomfortable they are and it makes me love it even more you should absolutely do uh bonus content for like the members of the fanti fam you should absolutely do well so you had mentioned i think when we were debating what our boco would be that i we should do some kind of asmr or something like that and i feel like that's kind of adjacent um to what that would be i will just say thank you for the letter i (laughs) I feel so honored that you would want an hour of the bullshit. I really do. Thank you. And oddly enough, there's not a Dipsy ad in today's show. So it is what it is. But we got another one coming for you soon. Um, We want to know what y'all think about all of the things that we've been doing on the show. So you can obviously hit us up online um, wherever you get your social media jollies. You can hit us up at FantiFam on Instagram or on Twitter. I'm going to stop directing y'all to TikTok for a little while. We'll talk about that another day. Coming up on the show, when we come back, we are getting into our dishonorable mentions. All that's up next. Don't go anywhere. A man was walking along a beach which represented his life. At his feet were two sets of footprints, his and God's. But looking back down the beach, the man could see that in the hardest parts of his life, there was only one set of footprints. So the man said to God, why is there only one set of footprints when times were hard? Where were you? And God replied, my precious child, I was in my car listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award-winning comedy podcast and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm a stuffy dowager countess. Travis? I'm judging everybody's manners. Oh no. Schmanners isn't judgy. It's about teaching you to be your best self and be a little more confident when you enter social situations that you don't understand, and maybe also teach you a little bit about history you didn't know, or give you interesting things to talk about at parties. Yeah, like the secret life of Emily Post. Or like why wristwatches are the way that they are. We can talk about table manners from the Victorian era. Sure, or what it's like to attend a Regency Ball. Yeah. Uh, You can find all that and more if you listen to Schmanners on Maximum Fun or wherever your podcasts come from, I guess. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? 
Welcome back to Fans High. It is now time for us to get into our dishonorable mentions. These are the stories or people that got our attention this week that deserve a call out either for their good or for their stupid. I have a few. Uh, first things first, I want to give a shout out to friend of the show, Deshaun Harrison, who recently received the Lambda Literary Award for their book. We've obviously had Deshaun on the show a couple of times and love having them on. And so I wanted to make sure that we shouted this out. The Lambda Literary folks said in a tweet, the winner of the 2022 Lambda Literary Award in transgender nonfiction is Deshaun Harrison for Belly of the Beast, the politics of anti-fatness as anti-blackness. And that was a really cool thing that I saw on Twitter while I was away. And I was like, oh, we got to make sure to shout out Deshaun for that. I want to give a shout out to the light-skinned underdogs, Drake and Beyonce, who have returned to the scene. (laughs) Can I, can I finish? Can I finish? Go for it. I'm just saying. I just go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm gonna shut up. Go listen, ahead. we are in Beyonce season, right? And big purr. this is big purr. Listen, it's the most wonderful time of the year when we know that Beyonce is on her way. Most wonderful time of the day. Listen, it is always the most wonderful time of the year. If you haven't put your Beyonce money aside into your Beyonce season account, I don't know how you're, you're living your life. You're already behind. You're already late. You're al- <laughs> you're already too late. I gave Beyonce $40 and didn't know what it was going to be for. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen. Absolutely. Listen, Travel sent the link. Well, did Travel No, actually friend of the show Ray Love Jr sent us the link in a text message mm-hmm. said I I saw a text message that said, wake up. (laughs) And I was so grateful. I was like, Ray, I live for you. Wake up. Beyonce is coming. And I was like, click on the link. Take my PayPal, whatever it is. Um, And so Beyonce has not fully shown up, but she has dropped a single for us called Break My Soul, which I'm in love with. I know the girls in the previous week were really talking a lot about Drake. I just got into the album today. I don't do you notice that like a lot more music right now I think of this Drake album in a similar way that I think about the uh Solange album that came out last where like I'm not distinguishing a whole bunch of songs from the other but like it's a very vibey thing that I can put on after I've you know burned some leaves in my mouth and like been in, able to just enjoy it as a vibe. Are you finding that too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do believe in like music that's just like filler music, right? With Drake's project, it's fine. It's fine mm-hmm. to me. But Beyonce's doing something different. Um like it's it's obviously house music, dance music, whatever, but like there's there's something so, uh, there's a little a little stank that on Beyonce. Baseline that I, I can't explain it. Like you can't just like Listen. sit still and you feel your shoulders kind of like you're swaying back and forth. I'm enjoying it. Um, and not just it's infectious. It is. And like it, I saw uh one of the gifts or memes or on Twitter of of Wendy Williams where she's like standing there and she's like starts dancing, <laughs> it starts bobbing to it. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Fun fact about me. Any Beyonce always on beat moment is always going to be funny to me. Like, I always love it. So shout out to Drake and Beyonce for giving us new music. Finally, I want to give a shout out to one of my best friends, Nicole, who listens to the show. Nicole and her partner were recently at my house. And Nicole is one of those people who I think is like you, Travel. You talk to the TV when you're watching, don't you? Um, well, first of all... (laughs) Now, how the fuck I get in? Now, why am I? Okay. Now, why am 
am I in it? Nicole, I was Nicole was at my house and we were uh, watching TV. I can't remember what we were watching, but like Nicole was like talking to the TV the whole time. And I turned to her and I was like, do you do this at home? <laughs> she was like, yeah. And I was thinking oh, about absolutely. her and the dog and like watching TV. And I was like, shout out to all the people who are yelling at the TV, like talking to it. Like they cannot hear you. Right. And That's like, right. but they do that. I'm sure right. y'all do this with us listening to the podcast. And so I know Nicole listens and just wanted to give her a shout out. So shout out to Nicole. Hey, Nicole. <laughs> oh, you met That's my mama's middle name. You met Nicole while she was here. So. Oh, yes, I did. Welcome I to the conversation. <laughs> I, compl- I was like, I met Nicole. I was like, who the hell You met Nicole? them when they were But I know who house. you all sis. Yeah. I see you. We see each other. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, my honorable. I only have one honorable mention. I want to give you all a new podcast recommendation that I think you should check out. It. The name of the podcast is called It's Okay to Say Gay. Yes, it is in response to the, you know, don't say gay bills that have been going around. It is created and hosted by Fanny Redwood, who I know through NABJ. She's a fabulous black lesbian journalist um, who's been in this game and is now, you know, working on podcasts with 1010 Wins, Odyssey, all of them folks over there. But she started this podcast, It's Okay to Say Gay, and it really is meant to be like a rebuke, right, of all of the bullshit that we're seeing. And she had two really great episodes recently. She had one that was like an extended conversation with Mila Jam, who is a fabulous singer songwriter who happens to be a black trans woman. She's fabulous in and of herself and the conversation on the podcast is really good. And then the most recent episode, as you all know, we're recording this on Tuesday, June 21st, but the most recent episode was revisiting the Matthew Shepard case and she ran this interview that one of her that one of her bosses I think did back in 2019 with Matthew Shepard's parents mm. about the the 20 or so years since Matthew Shepard was killed and it was just a really interesting great interview to listen to to these parents these two parents right who have now dedicated their life to protecting you know queer kids because their child was taken away from them and so just want to check uh, shout out that episode that episode in particular but also the podcast in general it's okay to say gay wherever you are listening to this fabulousness right now and now it is time for Black History is Happening Every Day. Black History is Happening Every <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. See y'all, he take a few weeks off, he come back just acting a fool. You know what that was giving me? You remember House Guest? I think it was House Guest with Queen Latifah and Steve Martin. And No, it's um it's bringing down bringing the house. Down the house. That reminded yes, me. Yes, it's, it's the, the white lady. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yes, it's massive. <laughs> I, I, I can't. Sorry, that's what that was giving for me. Listen, the people who know, if you know will crack you up. Know, you Listen. Know. Anyway. Today's Black History moment, we're actually going to hit the rewind button and do the same one we did again last week because last Friday was the final episode of the Wendy Williams show. And, you know, 
we we have waxed poetic on this show a couple times about one of our first legacy. shows. I think our second episode was yes. about Wendy. Shout out to Char Jossel, friend of the pod and friend in real life who was on that episode. And so we've talked about Wendy at length here. And I mentioned her last week because the show was coming to an end. I want to mention her again this week because those motherfuckers really ended her show without her being there. And I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff behind the scenes that like led to that decision. But you're rude, you're disrespectful, and I hope you stub your toe on a bed frame or something. Oh. Well, okay, so I don't feel that way. Because I feel confident that if Wendy could have been there for the last show, they would have wanted that for ratings, at the very least. Disagree. I think if Wendy could have have been there for that last week, she probably would have been. I just thought that we should bring up this moment one more time because of the significance of Wendy. Wendy, like I said, I believe was our second episode, but also, like, it was something that we had to, like, mad dash to, to change because we already had something planned, and Wendy has said some transphobic shit. God knows which one it was at that point but like she had said something and it was important to us to sorry it was episode three um called wendy williams how you doing <laughs> you okay girl uh featuring charge ourselves but like wendy has been a part of culture for so long now like i remember watching the six week sneak peek Dang. of that show and like it is for her to be on for this long for to have you know to really have kind of become a different thing here at the end. It was challenging to watch, but like I don't think anyone can deny Wendy Williams's place in history and in culture and and the influence that she's had because there are so many young people that have grown up or even of all ages that have have grown up watching Wendy Williams and aspire to things because they saw her do it. And I think that that is an important part that I wanted to just lift up no matter how things turned out toward the end. Wendy Williams changed television, daytime television. Absolutely. Okay? And that's not my opinion. That's fact. Okay? So many of the girls that you see on daytime TV today are struggling to... are trying to follow in 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 Wendy's footsteps and they're not doing it successfully. That's why every witcher person, right? They they have a show for one season, maybe two, and then they disappear. So I just, I just, you know, I tweeted about it and, and said all of all of my particular thoughts. I'm glad you you made this recommendation once again to give Wendy her flowers because she absolutely deserves. I think it's also important to point out that in daytime this fall, for the first time ever, there will be three black women on uh, on daytime television and talk shows. It will be Tamron Hall, Sherry Shepard, who will be replacing Wendy Williams, and also Jennifer Hudson, who just egot it, and we talked about that on the show here last week. So congratulations to all of them, uh, rooting for each of them. You know, we'll see how those shows are um, and how they do, um, but rooting for each of them for sure. It is time for us to let y'all know about some of the other places that you can catch us. I, while I was away, I told y'all I wasn't off, but I was on hiatus. I've been on two other shows uh, in the time that I've been away. One of them that I actually taped while I was away. You can also check me out on an episode of Higher Learning with Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay. Their podcast is fantastic and comes out twice a week. I was on an episode um, just recently where we were discussing the E.C. Atute case. Um, the episode came out on June 14th. It is with Garcelle Beauvais, who you will know from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh-uh. Hold up. Uh-uh. You better give her give her, her credits from b- before well, fucking Beverly Hills Housewives. I, I, thank you for cutting me off. Most of y'all who know I'm and know. I'm not going to apologize either. Uh, <laughs> you? 
Um, but I think, it, but for for me, Garcelle Beauvais is always gonna be fancy from the Jamie Foxx show. Um, but yes, Period. Garcelle is on that episode um, of Higher Learning with Van Jones. I'm sure she's like, I'm so tired of being fancy, or maybe she loves it. I don't know. Absolutely. But I, I'm on that show, so you can check out that episode, which was a really interesting conversation around um, a case that I didn't know how to talk about that case um, before getting into it. Um, the other place that you can find me. Um, um, is on a new show from a friend of ours named Dino Ramos. He has a brand new show called Problematic Fave, where each week they talk about a film or television show and an episode or, or, or a film itself that we enjoy but have some challenges around as far as the ways that it, it shows up now. And um, one of the things that's been really interesting to me lately is how well, how well some um, television has aged and how terribly some of it hasn't. And so this episode of Problematic Fave, um, we're talking about Will and Grace and how challenging it's been for me to re-engage Will and Grace because I grew up watching it, but like it is an incredibly white show. We, we talk about that. You can check me out on the second episode of the brand new podcast, Problematic Fave from Dino Ramos, who has started um, Diaspora, um, which is a, an entertainment and trade vertical uh, or uh, publication, I should say, excuse me. And, and Diaspora is one of the brand new episodes. Travel, did you have anything else to plug here before we thank the people? No, I haven't been no way up because I have been hosting my own podcast you a motherfucking lie because you all you host another show you've been on pod save america live you've been oh on, i was you've been on yes. my credits on hbo you've been bitch you've been busy mm-hmm. you've been busy okay so then yes i will do a plug i was i did the live uh pod save america live show a couple weeks ago i forgot to tell y'all about it it's in their podcast feed if you want to listen to it and then last week i did the pride show for love it or leave it which is another crooked media podcast that you know was cute that's that's a lot more fun and bubbly and all of that if you want to check that out she had a great outfit on you should go to my instagram to look at it if this conversation piqued your interest and you want more of this good good check out other episodes we have already told you about episode 119 that is titled shine bright with danielle smith it is a top five episode for me personally might be top three and then episode 118 the episode right before that and 120 the episode right after that was part one and part two of slut me out with affection featuring Jiminika Eborn. And also the Wendy Williams episode we told y'all is episode three. If you want to go all the way back to the beginning, it's really where the show kind of started again, um, talking about Wendy Williams. So, All that said, we appreciate y'all listening. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Let us know what you think about the show. If you have a a comment or suggestion about this week's show, you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Fanti Podcast. Use the hashtag FantiFam. Or you can shoot us an email to Fanti at MaximumFun.org. We ask you that you share the show. Let your friends know about why you enjoy the show. Make sure you give them your favorite episode to jump in and uh, become a part of the Fanti fam. Right. Don't be shady and give them an episode you didn't like. <laughs> Talking about, well, I shared the show. <laughs> no, share, share an episode that you like that you think they going to like. Okay. An episode that they um, didn't like. You- How could that even exist? <laughs> what would that well, even be? Listen. Listen, we we we've had a fumble or two. No lie, no lie, no yes, lie. Yes, you have. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. Get us out of here, bitch. I'm just 
I'm, I'm trying to get out of here. You just want to insult me at the end. Well, I mean, you started off real spicy and I'm going to wrap it up. So it's fine. Also, now it's my fault. If you would like to become a financially contributing member of the Maximum Fund family in the Fanti fam, you can do that at MaximumFun.org slash join. Our music is brought to you, as always, by the one and only C-O-R.E-C-E. Check him out. Trust me. Check him out now before he make it big. And then you like, that way you can say, oh, I always knew Corice. I learned about Corice from Fanti. So check out Corice, that's C-O-R.E-C-E. Our graphics are by Ashley Wynn and the folks over at Moonhouse Creative. Our show is edited by Will Hagel and our producer is Laura Swisher. <laughs> this is a production of Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported Jibbe <laughs> <laughs>